Larry Richard Unfiltered with Jim Cren, Sheila Highland, episode 37. And when you gather people who bake with a passion, we know one of two things. You're going to eat well. And in this case, eat treats. And Jim, you said it best before we started. We're going down with a lot of sugar. We are going to go, yeah. And that's okay. It's a big sugar day. Yeah, I'm excited. So we welcome from Moya's... Michelle Moya Conley, who is, you said, retired from the baking business, but this, the, Moya's is... Well, I was, I was there for 45 years, and it was just time, you know, and, but um, I've worked at the bakery all my life since I was 15, so... It's been her 87 so years? 87, something like that. It, well, it started in East Liberty, my grandfather in 1935, <laughs> and then my dad took it over in the early 50s and took it to Broad Street... Uh, off Alarmer Avenue to Broad Street, where we purchased the Baskin Robbins, and then in nineteen, in the early sixties, is when we got the Baskin and Robbins and Bakery. It was part bakery and ice cream in the front. Ooh, what a- and then in seventy two, we moved behind Monroeville Mall, and then in nineteen ninety one, we moved up where we're at our current location, which is up by Pier One Imports in Monroeville, Route forty eight. The big intersection. Well, we got know. a lot to talk about because I also hear you're kind of a badass, and I mean that in a good way. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. And Scott A. Baker, president of Five Generation Bakers, is also with us. Jenny Lee Swirl Breads. These, and thanks for bringing samples, Scott. We appreciate sure. that. <laughs> And Absolutely. That's not the only reason we invited you. <laughs> my my <laughs> reputation precedes me, I hear. <laughs> yes. Two reasons I got in this business. Free t-shirts. Yeah, free food. And food. <laughs> Jimmy knows. Especially baked goods. You did the same thing, right? Absolutely. I gained 100 pounds since I started. <laughs> so, Scott, tell us about five-generation bakers. Sure. Well, like Michelle, I grew up in the business. Um, I'm the fifth generation of my family in, in the business. And, you know, I learned in a retail bakery, much like Moyo's, it was Jenny Lee Bakery. We had locations in Market Square and McKee's Rocks, Crafton. Um, in fact, Larry, uh, the first time we met, I probably very easily got into your studio with just a dozen donuts. It's amazing <laughs> where you can, what access you can get with a dozen donuts. Oh, yeah, radio. You can get any radio station done. <laughs> TV, oh, too. You know what's right. crazy? Yeah. Right. Is 33 years ago, I had a TV show on KDKA television in the morning. My first day. And I was, as you can imagine, overwhelmed with just the show, right. making sure I was doing the right stuff. And the producer says, Franco Harris is here. And I'm <laughs> looking at the rundown of guests and I'm like, why is Franco? I, I didn't see any. he. No, he just showed up with super donuts. <laughs> to your point. We'll let him in. Right. Sure. You don't tell Franco Harris. <laughs> no, he brought with donuts, donuts to my first show. Yes, nutrition. You could, you could get into just about anywhere with baked so goods. So Franco's stealing my trick. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I yes. hate to tell you, Scott, that a lot of people do that. <laughs> Moya's baked goods is given. Always people come in the bakery for Moya's, and they give to other people. Oh, they love it. What a right. treat. But I, I don't mean to interrupt, but I forgot to mention that my brother did take over the bakery, and he's run it successfully for over 43 years. That's cool. You know, in 76. You know, and I think in Pittsburgh, we really appreciate both of you and the legacy you have with family businesses, right? It means a lot to us. Yeah. And let's be honest, what you do for a living makes people happy. Not everybody can say that. Right. Right. Truly. That, that, that's 
frankly, why I went into the business. I, I went off to college with not a clue of what I was going to do. I thought I wanted to be a teacher, um, took some education classes and realized it wasn't for me. I'm home on Thanksgiving break. I always thought I, you know, could, you know, wanted to be some sort of entertainer. I'm not funny like Jim. I can't <laughs> act. I, you know, um, I can sing a little bit, but not enough to make money at it. I was in uh, Kmart over Thanksgiving break. And it was like 89 or 90. And the clerks were complaining back and forth. I can't believe we've got to work on Thanksgiving Day. Oh, all and holidays. I, I, yeah, right. I, I, it was the first time they were actually going to be open on a holiday. And I, and I looked. I said, I feel bad for you. We work really hard up to holidays. Um, but then we always have them off. And she's like, yeah, where do you work? And I said, Jenny Lee Bakery. And this miserable, mean woman just melted. She's like, oh, my God. Your buttercream icing is so good. <laughs> I, got butter, I got, you know, uh, goosebumps. And I was yeah. like, that's what I want to do. You yeah. know, you're right. It's entertaining. It's it's my way to make people feel good. And sugar does that for people. It, it, like during the pandemic, that's all they had. We were busy as could be. It's healing when it does well. And it's a competitive, Pittsburgh's a competitive baking market. We're very serious about our baked goods. So you should be proud of yourself on, on your longevity and iconic status. Because yeah. we are. Pittsburgh's serious about their baked goods. Well, baked goods are serious. I applaud anybody in the bakery business because it's hard work. It's not like you just say, hi, can I help you? Can I get you today? I mean, it's hard work. There's That's art. So there's cool. art to it. Yeah. There's yeah. art. To it. I'm sorry. Well, Every taste is different. This is different. This is, there's an artistic touch. Well, the decorators are the art. Are the artist. I'm talking about being a salesperson, oh, that's, yeah. way, pushing sure. the pastries all sure. the time. That's that's not all we do. Right. You know, there's so much more to right. the baking business. Right. You have your right. bakers. You have your people that put the cakes together and make them and decorate them. You have your people that sell them. Team effort. You know, yeah, teamwork. And when I when I opened Five Generation Bakers, I looked at Jenny Lee Bakery's business model. I mean, you know, Jenny Lee was a victim of a fire in in. Yeah, Ocean. they were around downtown, right? Right, right. Yeah, you know, the, the the fire shut us down, and then the recession of '08 is really what forced my parents to close the doors. And um, you know, I took a while to decide what's going to be the next phase of my life, and mm-hmm. I realized, you know, I, I'm, I'm a baker. I started thinking, help my dad liquid. Jenny Lee. I'm like, you know, my grandfather started over. He rebuilt. I can do it. I'm a fifth generation baker after all. But my business model, I didn't want to deal with the retail. I figured, you know, what are we best known for? And that's manufacturing the baked goods. And, you know, I figured, so I wrote a, we're just a commercial manufacturer. Um, We kept the Jenny Lee brand because it was such an iconic Pittsburgh name. But um, I really do miss that now. 12 years later, I've been open 12 years and it's the holidays go by and I'm like, Boy, I'm actually not exhausted. <laughs> yeah, it's 24-7. And I don't miss those hours at all. Like, yeah. I'm looking forward to having, a like, a you know, a little bit of time to myself, a little bit, you know. Right, right. For not working any holidays. Like, this was my first Easter I didn't work, mm-hmm. you know. And Mother's Day. Mother's Day is like a 14-hour day. But it gets but in your blood. It is. It is in my blood, and it's it runs through my veins for sure. Yeah. And, and Scott, your history goes all the way back to the 1800s 18, with your family. It's hard to believe, your, right? Your bio is incredible, starting with, um, and it's interesting, too, your name, Scott <laughs> Baker. You're in right. the bakery business and so forth. So it started with <laughs> the Baker brothers back in the day. Sure. And evolved from there. Which is cool. Yeah, for sure. My great-great-grandfather emigrated to the United States in, in like, 1868 um, at Ellis Island, changed his name from Becker to Baker, just to be more American. Um, we still have relatives in, in Germany with the last name Becker. And um, he didn't know he was going to uh, go into the industry. He started out as a baker's apprentice and then loved it and opened up um, the Michael A. Baker Bakery at 25 Steuben Street in 1875. It was a retail bakery. 
Um, he started growing his family on a second floor of this bakery. Um, eventually, his sons joined him. It became the Microwave Baker and Sons. Um, they were they were wizard. I mean, they, these guys were just incredibly smart. Um, back in the late 1800s, early 1900s, before marketing, before you really did that type of stuff, these guys were like, you know, coming up with Sikkim the Wonder Cat or Wonder Dog and Felix <laughs> the Wonder Cat. And the, four of the brothers were already involved with the business. They said to their three youngers, when you guys graduate high school, you're joining us because we're changing the name to the Seven Baker Brothers. Wow. They rented a plane to deliver a loaf of bread to Youngstown just so they could say air delivery. Um, huh. under advertising. It was, you know, they're pretty smart guys and they had the largest uh, wholesale bakery in Pennsylvania back in, in the early 1900s. Wow. Didn't Wonder Bread take its name from it, it, you guys, so, kind of? Well, if you read their story, they say the guy looked up in wonder at the World's Fair and saw, was in wonder on all these balloons. But they were using, one. it was, um, you know, Wonder Baked Products uh, was their, a, a, a term that they coined. In fact, they actually took the um, Wonder Baked bakery to court back in I don't know the year and um, because they didn't copyright uh, or you know trademark the term um, they lost although that bread was not allowed to be sold in Pennsylvania they had the rights to Pennsylvania for Wonder Baked products hmm. See, really that's one thing I have to say that you know Moyes was in a category of its own because we never did bread we never did donuts we never did um, those types of things it was just strictly Italian pastry uh, cannolis, pasticciots, Williamdells, Napoleons, that type of pastry. And that goes three generations, like my uncles, my aunt, my Aunt Dolly. My grandfather, he married two sisters and had eight kids, and they all worked. My Aunt Dolly used to say, he wouldn't buy me shoes, but he'd make me work. <laughs> and that's just the way it was back then, you know, the yeah. grandfather. And it goes, like, like you said, generations. Mm-hmm. You know, my grandfather, my dad, and my brother has, I, you know, he's just done such a great job. I have to applaud him, you know, because it was handed on his lap when he was 19 years old. He took over the business. Your brother's Tony? Tony's my yeah, brother. He's a yes. great guy. I've met him several times. Yes, he's he's a good guy, and he's great to work for, and he's a pleasure. You know, I'll get choked up. Go ahead, lady. <laughs> it's on. it's you, you know, got a question. It's cool because the passion is the key. I think you guys are passionate in having that from generation to generation. It's yeah, I'm proud to, to be a passion, man. You know, the, the, everybody. It, it seems like, like you said, the whole family's behind. It. Well, you know, like I, I have two, a brother and a sister, and then um, seven cousins that all had the opportunity to get into the business. Um, you know, and they're all very passionate about what they do. And they just do other things. To me, it was you know my passion. You're right. I'm glad, I appreciate you seeing it. it. I'm very passionate about it. I love it. It's you know I'm good at it. You know, I'm mm-hmm. working the bench. I kind of miss that work. Right. That's you know that's where I am artistic with my hands. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. you've grown. Creative. You're you're selling what 25 states now. You're on QVC. Yeah, that's so awesome. We're um, we're in in restaurants or, or supermarkets in 25 states, but QVC has really made us national. We've delivered to all 50 states. Um, we've delivered over 55,000 households wow. in the past 18 months through QVC. It's been huh. a great opportunity awesome. for us. I, I'm really curious about that because I think people in Pittsburgh love when somebody here, especially with both of the family's legacies, become a national item too, uh, because. We take a pride in that. It's kind of funny. Yeah. It's like, yeah, they're our it's guys, ours. right? It's our home. We'd yeah. love to get our cannoli somewhere else. or our, It's just like we ship too, but like you can only ship something and get it there 
Okay, right. you don't know right. what UPS is going to do. Flip it on its head, <laughs> right. you know, and then it, your cake's all smashed. Well, well Moyo's is one product, right? Sure, yeah. Moyo's has won awards, national awards for their baked goods. Prannell's has been recognized right. as the best cake in America. The almond tort oh, cake, you yeah, know, right? yeah. and I think we're just as good. But yeah. we're still cracking eggs there, and I don't think everybody can say that. But I applaud anybody that is in the bakery business, like Bethel, Prantle, mm-hmm. right. and all them, and Oakmont, because it's hard work. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's, you know, people don't realize. What, what, what do you mean we're, we're cracking eggs? What does that We're still cracking eggs. We're yeah. still throwing eggs in a thing that whoop, makes them, you know, gets I the see. shell off them. It's not as automated, you're saying. Right. We're touching. We're not mixing nothing. Does, we're mixing does, does everything that, from scratch. Does that right. change the taste? What? If you're cracking eggs. Well, I I just think uh, we're all, we're still, we, tried, we have tried to keep, over the years, all pure ingredients and stand behind the original Italian recipes that my grandfather originated. Like when, sometimes when you have other people making your product, you, you know, they say, oh, you should be out in North Hills, you should be in South Hills, but you get other people making your product, right. it doesn't taste the same. So right. That's what I stand by that. About franchising restaurants. Yeah, we're, and we're just is, a little family business. <laughs> and you want to keep it that way. You don't you know? have the quality control like a restaurant that's company owned. I learned that anybody that franchises always thinks they know better right. than the people who did it right in the first place. Right. So they start making changes. Then... A customer's experience at one restaurant becomes different, and they go, ah, and I don't really like their stuff. And then right. the whole chain suffers. Sure. Right. Yeah. So to your point, you're better sometimes, I think, because you can control it. Yeah. In the family. And Keep if you look at the, the recipe book that... We have the original recipe book. It's yellow. It's torn. But they can read it. You know, yeah. the bakers, you know, it's just, it's just classic. You know? All right. Two things... Want to ask you about being a badass, okay. Michelle <laughs> yeah. Moya, Connolly, and Scott Baker, five generation bakers from the Rocks. I want to ask you about the Rocks. How is it possible two million people are from McKee's Rocks? <laughs> we'll talk about that. Larry Richard unfiltered with Jim Crenn and Sheila Highland, episode thirty-seven. Larry Richard unfiltered with Jim Crenn, Sheila Highland. Excited to be with two famous baking families, Michelle Moya Connolly from Moyos. Everybody in Pittsburgh knows that name. And five-generation baker, Scott Baker, five generations from the Rocks. So, Scott, <laughs> let me ask you. I mentioned there's two parts of this city where every other person you meet says their family is from. McKee's Rocks right. is one of them. The other one, can anyone guess? Brookline. Brooklyn's big. Brooklyn's big. Millbell's up there. Right. A lot of Blahnox. How many people live in McKee's Rocks? Well, McKee's Rocks was actually founded before Pittsburgh. Really? McKee's Rocks. Was a guy named McKee's. Right. Right. Yep. And, you know, there was river access. um, Wasn't Queen Aliquippa? Like, didn't McKee's hang out? I think he was dating. Queen Aliquippa. I don't know. No, Joey Northside. That's Joey Northside. I get McKee's, but where's the rock? Well, the, the, the river access landing was rocks. Okay. Oh, 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 okay. Right, I so. Um, and that's in, in McKee, McKee's Port was also named after this guy, and that was another 
support. But uh, McKee's Rocks back in the early 1900s was uh, home to P&LE Railroad. And uh, we had almost 19, a population of all 19,000. So there were a lot of families that started out in the Rocks and then uh -huh. moved to, to other parts of the city. Um, in, in comparison, today's population, McKee's Rocks, is about less than 6,000. Really? Yes. It's remarkable, though, how many people have an affiliation with McKee's Rocks. And I've Maybe always... the strip bars? It's, well, yeah, the, or the bars. It's, Was there an after-hours bar there? fighters being from there, too. We've had some good fighters. Great pizza. Great pizza. There was a bar said, that had steps. What I never thought? met anybody from McKee's Rocks that I ever forgot. <laughs> always great yeah. characters. Yes. Yeah. I think of the Soretti family. You yeah? ever heard oh, of the yeah. Soretti family? Uh, well, well, Cookie Soretti's uh, married to my mom's cousin, so we're related <laughs> to the Soretti's. And Mancini's bread. Right. Mancini's Nick's uh, mom married my dad's cousin. So wow. Nick Man Mancini Hartner is also my cousin. And, you, and Catherine Baker no. Knoll is also related. She, what a small world. Aunt. Right. So we had some great politicians that come from The Rock. Catherine Baker, uh, Ohio's uh, previous governor, mm -hmm. um, was, was from McKee's Rocks. Yeah. That's so, incredible. And where were you born, uh, Michelle? Penn Hills. I'm from Penn Hills. And I understand that you're... A badass, and I say that. <laughs> well, I'm a martial artist, Larry. I don't know about a badass. I'm sorry, yes. Uh, she is. I can attest to it. I've taken a couple of her self-defense classes. Really? She really you tell badass. me that. Yeah. Well, so, I don't so, tell anybody. That's why I'm not like, known. Well, You're, see, and that's the cool part of being somebody who's into martial arts. You should be... There's a humble... There's a humbleness about me. You don't yeah, for sure. To, that You only use that if you really need it. You don't go around... No, like you're gonna no, I've never you. learned that way. Like no. Jimmy and I, you could chop us up easy. <laughs> oh, you could punch me in the throat, I'd fall over. You should hear Michelle bark out, I mean call out um, her commands when you're taking a class. I mean, she really is like, itchy. Yeah? There, kick it. So you're in a martial arts too, Sheila? Uh, you know. You know what? Every... I just took a couple classes. That's... I taught okay. Sheila. I, what I do it wasn't martial arts, is so to speak. I teach women self-defense. And I, I got involved with the martial arts when my parents died. And okay. I can honestly say that... Um, the martial arts have saved me as a person. They develop you as a person. There's a calmness about you. There's a, um, a peacefulness. And what I found with my program is I want it to be a referral business. I want you to take it and tell somebody about it, like eating at a good restaurant. You know, I'm too humble to put myself in my uniform on Instagram, which I know I should, man, because I know that's where it's at. But um, I just feel I can teach anybody that is serious about learning self-defense. But if you think about it, um, with self-defense, you got about a minute to react. So I teach women how to hit, where to hit, and, um, you know, with speed, power, and focus. And I think everybody can learn from me, any cool. size, shape, or form. And you had challenges because your father passed away when you were young. Right. Very emotional yeah. time being 16 years old. Right. And yeah, and I was fifth, and my mom died right after him, seven months apart, which is a heavy heartbreak. And, you know, like I said, class, I went to class, I started going, I got my black belt when I was 21, um, and then I just kept teaching along the way and took a break and then I developed a program with another black belt and we taught women and we worked community you know community centers you right. know here and there churches you know little places but I'd like to get into colleges I'd just to talk if you want to talk you know I'll talk I'll tell you how to defend yourself but I am a one-on-one -on -one teacher 
I'm right up there in your face. Yes, she is. What, I teach you how to hit. What, form, what was your black belt in? Was it what, uh, Ishin, Taekwondo? Or? Ishinru. Ishinru, Ishinru, which is a Japanese. It's a Japanese style from Okinawa. Okay. And it's very basic. It's there's there's no nothing fancy about me and what I teach because. And all I have is my word. You know, people want your... I have a certification. I got a belt, you know, but I've been in involved over 40 years. Easy, because I'll be 61. And 40 years, 25, I've been teaching on and off self-defense. But like I said, I'm very... That's that's one of the reasons why I left the bakery, because I'm very passionate about it. I'd like to get into homeless shelters, you know, people that have been abused or violated, just to talk to them. You know, yeah, you want to get customers, but at the same time, I just feel I I can help a lot of women, you know, and I try to make it affordable for them, too, but at the same time, I've been doing a long time, so... And I want to know, do you bring treats with you so that after the yeah. session is over? <laughs> they, no, just, good. just for you guys, because you're special. Thank you. <laughs> Snatch the pebble from my hand and you may leave. Yes. And you'll get it. And there's a lady luck. I'm quick. Oh, here's a cannoli. Here's a cannoli. But with- I had a brother that was into it when, you know, he got beat up in high school, 16 years old. Mm. And so he started taking martial arts. Then he got really good. And then he did become a badass, but he was very humble. You would never know that he had that ability after that. And I don't think he ever had to use it after that. Never. And most women don't know how to hit and they've never had to hit anything. Right. Show us on Jimmy. Yeah, sure. <laughs> well, sense. I can tell you where to hit and how to hit. But most, no, no, most men, not. I mean, there's a certain area of the body where you want to make contact. You're walking around like you this. only have what area of the body is that? The area is the, like the bridge of the nose, the chin, the throat, the solar plexus, the groin, the top of the knee, the shins, and stomping on the foot. And elbows. See, I feel your whole body's a weapon, and it can be, right, Sheila? Yeah. Would oh, you yes. agree? Yes. Your whole body can be a weapon. Jim and I feel that way too. Yeah. Sheila protects us. Yes, Sheila. It's is like here. our bodyguard. When we go outside. I don't let anything <laughs> get near us. Me, that's because that's because right I taught here. her well. Yeah. And she's got some long yeah. legs. Look out for her legs she and will, her kicks. She will around punch you in the throat and kick in a. That's right. Your foot. That's well, right. Don't mess with me. No, we got to tell you, I you have to share. The story of your ninja friend. Well, it's... <laughs> buddy Robert. Yeah, he took a ninja class. This for is like a four great days. story. True story of his childhood buddy. Yeah. I want to hear. I haven't seen him since. One of my best friends. Yeah, he, he's great. And he, he wanted to take... <laughs> he's my roommate, and he wanted to take a ninja class. And he did. It's four days in like Columbus, Ohio. And I had to drive him because he didn't have a driver's license. Right. So we drove him. And the weird thing is when we drove back... It's four days, like four hundred dollars. So I said, "What do you do here?" Rose? He goes, "Well, he talks a little higher pitch." He goes, "Well, he says they they put you out in the woods, and for like three days, you like a survival thing." And I was like, four hundred some dollars." I said, "I'll give. How about give me two hundred? I'll go to North Park. I'll put you out for three days and meet you at Bob Evans with we'll breakfast." And when we were driving back, he changed his name. His, his like his ninja name was now Whisper. Oh yeah, <laughs> and, he, and it was from name. yeah from Robert the Whisper. around. He would yes, and he would, but. For years, he was sneaking up on you. A couple you. years. Hey, Bob, you want a beer? Whisper. I had to change. Everybody had to call him Whisper. Forever. <laughs> legit. Legit. Really? We had to call How him Whisper. How old was he? Right at the time, probably like 30. Probably okay. late 20s, 30. And he, he had, he had a, one real job. And so he had, he's a real eccentric guy. And one job was that he was a printer for a, a QED magazine and a Pittsburgh magazine. 
for like a year. And he would always tell us that he had lunch with Mr. Rogers. And Bob always had these stories. When, you know, like, oh, come on, Bob. You had lunch with Mr. Rogers. For the whole year, he'd come hang out with Nevro's Bar. We'd walk in and go, how was lunch today? It was great. We brown bagged it today. We you know, sandwiched it. I'm like, you're kidding me. So, true story. So, fast forward about 12, 14 years later, I'm doing my first cover of Pittsburgh Magazine. And uh, now, the whole Mr. Rogers thing, whisper thing, that I'm... I'm doing the shots, and they're saying, "Hey, do you want to do you want to meet Mr. Rogers?" This is you know QED and Pittsburgh Magazine's where he was. I said, "Sure, I'd be honored." So I miss meet Mr. Rogers. I go up to his office. He's a sweater on, just like he met a real nice guy. Obviously, <laughs> he goes, "Hey, how are you? this is Jim Cranny's our February cover of Pittsburgh Magazine and stuff." And I remember Robert with the ninja. I remember him going to lunch with Mr. Rogers for a year, telling us this. Right, this is a years I couldn't resist. So I'm talking to Mr. Rogers, and I just said, "Robert, do you remember?" Or I said, "Mr. Rogers, do you remember my buddy?" There's a buddy of mine, Robert Lodensky, I grew up with. He, he worked, he said he had lunch with you, like for a year, and he actually said, without missing a beat, he goes, how is Whisper? <laughs> I love funny. that. Yes. So do you have a ninja name, Michelle? No. You have to, oh. go, to, you have to go to the class. To get I have a nickname, but not a ninja card. name. That's a special card to get. No, I love that story. <laughs> Whisper, we we got to all have ninja names. Yes. Scott said you never did see him again. He just disappeared. Right. But I give you a lot of credit for that, especially helping women empower women. Yeah, um, uh, and really- I feel that's what I what I do for women. I give them self confidence. I make them feel a little bit different when I'm done with them. Mm-hmm. And with my, I, I do. I and I, I, you can't go six weeks. That's too long. It's a woulda, coulda, shoulda kind of thing. It takes commitment. But if you really want to learn, I'm your person. Um, and like I said, it's just my word. I do what I do. And how I'm proud of how I do it. And, and we love that you do that. And having taken a couple of your classes, I know how phenomenal you are. Thank and you. And what you are doing for women. It, it's, it's incredible to watch her, though. In my uniform, yeah. I, I wasn't coming dressed. Our powerhouse. Today. In your gi? Like your- In my gi, yeah. Cool. Yeah. And I am a third degree. And that's just, ta- that's just time in. Yeah. You know, with teaching and stuff and I'm you know, the style is very basic, but I, I tell you, when you defend yourself, you only got about a minute. Right. So you gotta right. you know, a, <laughs> work on your technique. A gee's not too far off from Baker's Whites. Right? That's, right. that's true. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. I'm passionate about the bakery, but I'm super passionate oh, about teaching you know self defense. But you talk about the bakery white. Why are bakers wearing white? When you're working with oh. dough, flour, pans, and flour, and flour, if you wore black, it'd be flour, be everywhere. Right. Okay. So. Uh, well, okay, I get that. Yeah, white. My dad was always in his Baker whites. Always, my uncle Ralphie, my uncle Bobby. You could visit them; they'd still be in their whites. Yep. Well, who? I got a question for each of you. So, Scott, Scott Baker. Five generation bakers. Baker by name, baker by trade. <laughs> so who are some of the most famous people you met because of what you do? Who love your stuff? Uh, I've met uh, Christina Tossi. She's uh, she's an awesome baker. She owns Milk Bar. Probably know her from um, uh, Master Chef Junior. Um, sh- she's a fun person uh, with what she does in the industry. 
Uh, How about some local celebs, any athletes or movie stars? Well, I've met Franco on several occasions. We've done business with Franco. Um, When he first got into uh, the uh, baking industry, um, we actually sat in a couple meetings together pitching our products. Um, uh, So probably Franco is the biggest one. Yeah. Um, How about you, Michelle? Um, Surely some famous people have come into the bakery to get some uh, goodies. Danny Aiello, oh, one time. Right, there you go. Yeah. Um, the Shop and Save lady, Kathy Seviller. She's a very good friend of yes. mine. Very big. Uh, we play racquetball together. And um, just getting back in there, but she's a good buddy of mine. And I'm trying to think who else. Um, That's so But we're Italian, so... One time Richard Simmons came in. That's pretty big. Because our decorator lost 100 pounds. So he stopped in the bakery and paid her a visit. That was exciting. Oh, wow. Yeah. He was on. Um, that was back in the day. Long, that was, he was in, on my TV show. He was a madman. He was? He oh, was. Man, just like, yeah. a couple times. He threw the whole place upside down. <laughs> so we did this thing called Live at Five where we had a camera that we would go outside the studios down at Gateway Center. Right right along Fort Duquesne Boulevard, and there was a bus that used to take people over to the parking lots, you know, at that time, Three Rivers. So these were people that were working in the buildings, and they're in line, and we come over with Richard Simmons live, right? And he's torturing people. Oh, Richie, you know. <laughs> Doing yeah. jumping jacks like, in his red, white, and blue pants. The white shirt, the little, shorts. little yeah. pink shorts. He yeah. kissed me in the back of the neck once. He's a trip. I would, he goosed me live goosed, on television. He likes to do this stuff. He uh, gets we, your attention. I was interviewing him. And we're live, right? Yeah. But, and he he goosed me, and I jumped. <laughs> and people thought I did that. I was kidding. I'm like, no, he really goosed you me. Got goosed by you. So he's torturing this one guy. He's got this box. He goes, ah, what's in that box? What's in oh. that box? And this guy's face yeah. goes ashen because he's worried. And um, Richard opens the box, and it was a cake. He was taking home to surprise his wife, and here he was on television with Richard Simmons. I, I, well, I, I, yeah, he came in the bakery because a gal I, lost 100 pounds. And, yeah. And he, you know how he used to surprise Surprise people that lost all the weight. He used to just drop in on right. He came into the bakery. And I don't know if I was there that day, but I remember we recorded him. It was funny. You don't forget, Rich. I, was, I had an interview with him. We were in radio, and I had a chocolate bar in front of me. And I didn't eat it the whole interview. I, just, I pushed it away. And he leaves. He comes back in. I got a kiss on the back of the neck. And he goes, I'm so proud of you. <laughs> I didn't have chocolate. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> you can't get away with that behavior no, today. Really We've had Mike Clark come in. He's a local news guy, Mike oh, yeah. Clark. Yeah, we he, know Mike. He likes our carrot cake. Mike's a good guy. Yeah. And yeah. for a minute, we thought Scott Baker was the a- former anchor <laughs> Scott <laughs> Baker. Yeah. I'm the real Scott Baker. He's the real <laughs> Baker Baker. Yeah, you'd have to stand up to tell the truth. Yeah, right. Speaking yeah. of Scott Baker, so my desk was opposite him oh, at wow. WTAE TV. And this was many, many years ago before we had cell phones and so forth. And so when I sat at my computer... And he sat at his computer. We faced each other. And you could only, I could only see his eyes over the top of the computer. And he'd start a conversation with me. And I'd listen and I'd start answering. This happened numerous times. Well, he had those headsets on. He was actually talking to somebody. Oh, you're kidding. Like, yeah, I had, I had no clue. It's like, Scott, I'm having a conversation with him. And I'm really not having a conversation with him. Right. That's hilarious. Yeah. Well, Scott A. Baker, president of Five Generation Bakers from the rocks right 
continued success nationally, too. That's pretty amazing. Jenny Lee Swirl Breads, thanks for bringing some samples in for our team. Thank you, absolutely. And, uh, good luck in the future. For if you sure. ever want to sing or do stand-up, Jim's your man. All right. <laughs> and uh, Michelle Moyo Connolly. Harigato kasaimiste, kamadashi anata taksankawai. Ich ni son shi sensei. All right. Larry what, speaks many what does that mean? Maska. That means, I don't know what the hell that's it That's legit. No, that's, well, no, that's, that's Ishinru. See? Itchy, yeah, very. Son, Chin, huh? Go, Roku. We go to Little Tokyo. Achoo. They love him in there. Go, right? They, oh, my It's amazing. Yeah. You know he speaks good Italian, too. They love him. Too. Hey, we appreciate you guys. Thanks for having me today. I appreciate you. Thanks. Thanks for being a badass woman in our town, too. (laughs) I think that's great. Well, pass my name around. We will. And Scott, appreciate your time and uh, continued success. I appreciate it. Yeah, it's good. We love the passion. Mm -hmm. It's Larry Richard Unfiltered with Jim Crenn and Sheila Highland, episode 37. And we're going to talk to a gal that we all know and you need to know. And it has something to do with sweet treats, too. Next. Larry Richard Unfiltered with Jim Crenn, Sheila Highland, episode 37. Excited to be with Michelle Moya Connolly. Still. I'm still here. What's your karate name? Do you have one? Like Jimmy's buddy Whisper, Whisper. was a ninja. No, I don't have a karate like name. A, it's like a call sign if you're a fighter pilot. <laughs> I have a nickname, Mitchie. Mitchie? <laughs> Mitchie. That I like. Mitchie or Mitchie? Mitchie. 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 And he went, she's in a bad mood. call me Mitchell or Mitch. <laughs> yeah, yeah. My name's Michelle, but uh, yeah. my nickname's right. Mitchie. Mitchie. Okay, that makes sense. <laughs> but it's not a ninja name, Larry. <laughs> That's okay. I, and we're with Bonnie Diver. All of us have known Bonnie for a long time. Bonnie, how are you? Yeah, I can be bitchy. How about that? <laughs> <laughs> Mitchie and bitchy over here. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Your name, Bonnie? It could be. I just, it's a whole new uh, day. Yeah. Well, we know Bonnie from many years of broadcasting and maybe more importantly, all the great work she's done on behalf of her charity, Hairpiece Charities. This is the 17th annual Recipe for Hope, July 9th mm-hmm. at the Marinick Center. Yep. And you've got an all star cast coming, I see. Yeah. Sheila Hyland. Yes. Jim Crin. Love. Heather Abraham, mm-hmm. KDK TV, Paul Alexander, mm-hmm. John Burnett. He's out of retirement to come do this. <laughs> and he's cooking. He is cooking. That's terrifying. Well, his wife, Debbie's helping. Yeah. <laughs> Rick Dayton, our own KDK afternoon yep. host, former anchor man. He is, is like, there like an anchor person club. Yeah, there is. What, you didn't get the invitation? No, no. Oh, so Rick is all about, all about winning the perfect play. He's very competitive. I don't know if you know that about Rick, but he comes in and he decorates his table and he dresses the part and it's crazy. He's like, I've got to win. Oh, Jim, did you hear that? Scary. No. I know. It's competitive. we got to come up with something. All right. Oh, come on. All right. Yeah. Well, we've got time. Yeah. Jim Gable. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see, David Highfield, another anchor guy. Yeah. Robert Mangino mm-hmm. from KDKA. Yeah. Paul Martino, recently retired anchor man. So he can come because He's normally he works on Saturday right, nights right. when he was working. So now he can finally come with his wife, Joy. Now they got the Shummer who's yeah. taken over. John Shumway, a weekend anchor. Yeah. 
Doug Oster, the mm-hmm. organic gardener. Yep. You ever met Doug, Jim? I met Doug, yeah, no. He's cool. He's oh, really cool. Yeah. And he works with Rick Seebeck. We put those two guys together for a table. It's insane. Can't go wrong yes. there. And UED's famous documentarian. Michelle, you know Rick Seebeck's work. Things that aren't there anymore. Yeah, like Memories. Kennywood QED. Memories oh, and all that. Okay. He's on QED He's and all that. All yeah. these great oh, yeah, okay. documentaries. I'm familiar. He's awesome, yeah. Ron Smiley. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ray Petlin, so... Yeah, Ray Petlin's first year. He's and he's cooking himself. You know, a lot of people don't want to cook. They're like, okay, I'll put that me with a Jim put me with somebody. Yeah, like Jim and you, right? I need somebody shows. to help. And, but yeah. Ray's like, what's cooking your charity himself. again? It's Hairpiece Charities, P E A C E. We help women who are going through cancer to pay for wigs and support them with uh, what we call hair prayer and care, the bridge to wellness. That's wow. great. And this all started it's fantastic. Yeah. Because of your own journey with cancer yes. many years ago. Tell us about yeah. how it all got started. Yeah, I had my cancerversary in May, 19 years. Wow. So, yeah. Hey, congratulations. Yeah. I know. How about so that? happy that you've made it 19 <laughs> years. Yeah. Wow. Too. <laughs> yeah. You yeah, beat that it. bitch, Bonnie. Yes, I know. I know. I don't mean to swear. I'm sorry. Yes, I own it. I, I own that one. Yeah, I own it. it. You can you do know, whatever you Somebody want. should beat it. She brought the cannoli. She can say whatever she wants. No, we're not going to give you any trouble, Bridget. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And it must have really affected you with the hairs. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I went, you know, so I was uh, diagnosed with breast cancer. Um, I talked about it on my radio show and my doctor said, you've got a voice. And after I got done with my treatment, they asked me to start an organization to help to pay for wigs because most insurance companies won't pay for a wig. They think it's something you don't need. And so we all as women say, what? And so um, it's really important to try to regain something that cancer takes away from you. And so being able to go out to work, to church, to school, um, just to go out to the grocery store and not have uh, you know, look like you are cancer, then you disguise cancer and you get a little bit of normal back and you get yourself back. And so we help to regain what cancer tries to take away in that way. I have to tell you that my mother had cancer. Yeah. And she said losing her hair was the yeah. most difficult part of the cancer. Right. I mean, I'm talking beyond the chemo even. Yeah. I went wig shopping with her and she also got free wigs. As mm. This was in mm. Oregon, but... Yeah. Um, I don't think people really understand how important hair is right. to women. Sure. Right. Yeah. It, it's, it's, um, well, it's, when you're sick on the inside, if something's on the inside, you, you don't have to display it. People, you know, you can disguise, you can be whatever. But when people look at you funny and, you know, and hair is a really big deal, yeah. you know, for us. And know? some other women embrace it and will just shave it bald and say, forget it. It's me. You know, that's you fine. Know? That's okay. You can do that, but not very many do. Yeah. And most of us look really weird and have a funny shaped head. And and I yeah. never wanted to know what I looked like without hair, you know. Right. And I never really right. cared. I mean, I had long hair at the time. I put in a ponytail. It wasn't a big deal to me. It's like, okay, whatever. And then all of a sudden, you take it away from me. It's a big deal. Well, part yeah. of, yeah. part I can of, see it being a big deal. Well, part of the healing process is medicine, yes. But I'll bet, as you know, mental. your attitude, mental, and what you want to do, and esteem, and, and beating it. And that has to be a key, right. key point. So right. it's important. So it's like, usually when you start your chemotherapy, it's about 15 days after that first treatment that you're going to start losing your hair. And, and you know, that countdown, you know, once you start chemo, the countdown of that two weeks is really difficult. But, huh. you know, we, I talk to women. So, th- so what happens is uh, people call me and they say, you know, I'm going through chemo. Or I'm getting ready to start chemo and I need some help paying for the wig. And I talk to them on the phone. So we help 
thousands of women. We have over 400 every year will call me and I talk to them and we try to encourage them and give them something to hang on to, talk about what it's like to go through the process. You know, if you haven't started chemo, well, you're probably going to feel pretty good because they give you steroids for a couple of days. You may want to come home and clean the house all night, you yeah. know, that first day of chemo. Hmm. And then the, the steroids wear off and then you may have a few days when you want to hit the couch. And so we talk about that. We have um, a lot of survivors that are part of our, our support groups and we share things that have helped for us. And then we share that with yeah. you know other people so it, you're not alone and and when you're a survivor to survivor for that conversation you're like magnets okay. you know it's like what's you know i want to know what it's like what was it like for you how did it feel you know and um and also to be a survivor for 19 years i think that's um pretty encouraging for other people you yeah, know that I'm, really. i did it yes, done that and got I would there you know to you well thank you know you. what i mean i would and well, when good. you first got the diagnosis that's so devastating, I'm sure, as an individual. I know as a family, there's not a family listening that hasn't been affected in some way by cancer, obviously. Right. But what was your process through that? Well, um, <laughs> I was actually working at the radio station. I called it, I called it, well, I, to go back a little bit, I, I fell off my horse and I found um, with a broken shoulder blade that I had this lump on the side of my breast. And I was like, what is that? And I had was 46 at the time and I had a mammogram every year since I was 40 and I was still within my year and so I thought when I found this this spot I was like this can't be cancer I had a mammogram just like seven months ago mm -hmm. so it didn't make sense to me and so when I went in for my shoulder to be checked out for the broken bones I said well you look at this and they said oh yeah let's go get some testing and so huh. they did everything and then they handed me a card at one point and said here's a an oncologist you might want to keep this handy I'm like Oh, oh great! Uh, they know. They know, and so, um, so I got the call from the doctor when it was at the radio station, and, I, and it's a day you never forget. You know, yeah. it's like I'm sorry to tell you, you have cancer, and so we picked myself up off the floor and went, looked at somebody and said, "I have cancer." Wow! I was like what? I mean, yeah. it's so, it's so defining. Something you never dream you're going to go through. Right. And um, and so. How do you, you know, I didn't know how to spell chemotherapy. I didn't know the difference between mastectomy and a lumpectomy or radiation or any of those things. So I was totally out of it and just knew that cancer killed people. And I know that Linda McCartney died from breast cancer. And sure. I thought, if they can't save her, how can they save me? And so with that, it was, again, picking myself. And, and my faith really was a huge part of picking me, me back up. And, um, and so my church family, Ingemar Methodist, um, really came around and rallied and, and were part of my family. Because my family's from over in central Ohio, but these guys were great. And that so... It would be hard to go through yeah. something alone. Oh, yeah. So, right. It's great to have support. Well, you feel isolated, you know, because you're the only one in the room, <laughs> you know. And, and so once you get that, you know, people saying, yeah, we're going to help you out. We'll go take you to appointments and all that stuff. And... and um, and you kind of get your game on. Oh. So that's how that sort of process begins. How long did it last till you got the, the great news that it was, you beat it? Well, so uh -huh. that was, I was diagnosed in May, right around Mother's Day, and then had surgery on, actually June, this is an interesting story, I had surgery on June the 13th, which was a Friday. Sorry. 
So Friday the 13th was my surgery. And I thought, wait a minute. I don't think I like that very much. Change it. And, and my friends said to me, we're going to reframe this. It's bad luck day for cancer. And I said, okay, I can, I can approach it that way. And it was. So it's all about reframing what you're going through and, and changing up your attitude. And, and again, people helping and supporting you, getting you through this, all these little godsends. So after I got through with everything, I had you know um, surgery, radiation, and, and chemotherapy. And, and then I took some, an estrogen blocker because it was estrogen positive for my breast cancer, which is 80% of breast cancer is too much estrogen. It's like, okay. Um, and so you learn a little bit about it on the way. And, and um, so it was about um, nine months, close to a year, when I was really feeling like I was getting back to myself. Wow. And then my doctors, you know, said, hey, why don't you start this organization? I was like, huh. okay, I guess that's what we're doing, you know? And, and so when I went back to my church, I said, they want me to start this thing to help raise money for wigs. And I don't know. And they're like, we'll help you. And so they put all the, the financial guy that came from over here and whatever, and they showed me how to do a nonprofit. And so that's how we became a 501c3. And, um, and I was, was worried we wouldn't have enough money to help pay for the wigs. And that's never been an issue. It just feels like we're doing the right thing of all the things in my life. This is something that's been a revelation of I'm in the right place doing the right thing. What's an average wig cost for a woman? Um, around three fifty, okay. But they can go up to thousands depending on what you get, you know. Um, a lot of young women want to get the real hair and the long hair, and, sure. and so it's you know really expensive. And you felt a calling, yeah. obviously. Yeah. And this recipe for hope is your biggest fundraiser. It's the way we do it. And as Larry mentioned, you know all the names that are involved in this. Mm-hmm. These are people that really care about you and care about your cause. And yeah. as as you mentioned as well, we're all somehow affected by cancer. Oh yeah, I mean, if you don't know somebody with cancer. You know, the day's not over. That's all I got to say. Right. You know, I mean, we are the second leading city in the country for lung cancer. Really? Yeah. Interesting, isn't My it? My dad passed from cancer, but yeah. that was in 76 where chemo was like... Really tough. No. Experimental. Experimental. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It just came out. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, you There's can go to hairpiece.org, so get details, but what happens that night? Oh, Recipe for Hope is so much fun. And every all these celebrity people loved... You guys are going to want to come back year after year because it's so much fun. And really, the party starts before we open the doors to the guests because you guys are all in there setting up. We have all these tables with celebrities wearing aprons, serving different types of food. And people walk from table to table, meet you guys, get pictures or whatever, sample your food. We have uh, drinks that are up there. Mangino's bringing a beer sampling table. Oh, is he? Oh, yes, he is. And... Uh, yeah, Why aren't you uh, going? Yeah, there? we yeah. don't know the competition, yeah. Jim. I, I think I did the first one. Yeah. Was it year one? Might have been year one. That was, you've done it in July. No, we ha- we normally do it in the, in the spring, in, early, in, in right after the snow breaks, and then it snows. on. Where is it? Where We're you- at the Marinick Center, which is on Camp Horn Road near Animal Friends. Yeah, Avonworth uh, Community Park. It's a great log cabin. It's not a hotel. It's not fancy. I mean, you, you, it's we said dressy casual, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, again, so once you buy your ticket, you have all this great food, and it's amazing because it's a little competitive. We have the perfect plate award <laughs> that they compete for, and then we have the bar is an open bar, and and then we have these drink sampling places, and so. Uh, once you pay for your ticket, you get all your food and drink, and then we have these great auctions. You know, we have a um, a vacation home near Mount Rushmore. We have uh, 
concert tickets for like Billy Joel and Chris Rock and overnight hotels, wine touring, tasting things, and all kinds of cool stuff. Good experiences. So Greg Brown actually is giving us a thing. It's a tour of the announcer's booth before the game. Oh, awesome. Ooh, that's, that's pretty me. cool. It's very fun. Yeah. I think yeah. Jim and I should do a foursome mm. at North Park yep. on a Tuesday playing nine holes after four o'clock. I'm in. All right. <laughs> you heard it, folks. All right. All right. We could do yeah. nine holes. Yeah. All right. You're, in, you're yeah. in for it now. Okay. It's going to be right. hot today, though. <laughs> no. We'll, yeah, we'll. On down the line. We'll yeah. get that bid going. Yeah. All right. So uh, it is uh, July 9th, oh. Recipe for mm-hmm. Hope. Yep. Bonnie Diver, you've done amazing things. It's, it's you know, it's really hard for me to to say that I because there's so many people involved that mm-hmm. that make it happen, and you just follow your heart and where your heart takes you. That's where your money takes you. That's where your talent and your time, everything kind of funnels in that direction. So, if you are a woman going through some type of cancer, or you know someone going through cancer, it's any type of cancer. It's not just breast cancer, which is what I had. Uh, any type of cancer with hair loss, um, you know, or whatever, just call me and. Um, leave a message I'll call you back we, that's what I do in the afternoon when I'm done with radio and then when you're done with that call Michelle Moyo about self-defense too oh right. gotcha yeah alright Michelle good. will come and kick your ass <laughs> yes I'll come to your house down home defense yeah down to earth I teach down you how to home defense alright Mitchie your house here comes Mitchie lady locks it's all good yeah I won't bring the lady locks just my gi and my yeah. equipment Nice, nice. My bad. Bonnie, thank you so much for taking the time and doing what you do, making our hometown really special. Well, it's, it's, um, I'm just happy to do it. You know, it's, it's nice to hear people say, you know, these are the kind, the kind of information that sometimes we talk about are things they don't get at the hospital Mm -hmm. from their doctors. And, and it's a, it's a support group of, just lifting each other up. So yeah, you got some cool friends. I'll say that we do have cool friends. Yeah, wait, you I'll, guys are really cool. You, you <laughs> can add Mitchie yeah. to your list. That's yeah. right. And I when you said her name again, I'm like, wow, that's a blast from the past. Thank you. Just <laughs> you know, I mean, like, not radio or TV or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, it, it, two and two didn't click together. Yeah. You said diver, right? Yeah, Bonnie yeah. diver. Bonnie, Bonnie diver. diver. Mm-hmm. Michelle or Mitchie Moyo Connolly. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Larry Richard Unfiltered with mm-hmm. Jim Crenn, Sheila Hiley. We want to thank Vic Pascarelli. Let's hear it for Vic. Yay, Vic. Hey, Vic. I love Vic. Yeah. We want to thank uh, yeah. partners Jim mm-hmm. Petolsky from Face for Radio Productions and our producer Dick Roberts. Again, Bonnie, all the best. Go to hairpeace.org for details. And peace is P E A C E. Peace. <laughs> yeah. Larry Richard. Episode 37, that's a wrap.